Blog Talk Radio.
by Jerry Goldberg, and uh, the words in it ring true. Friends I've loved and lost, and we've lost a, a great friend. But first, before we talk about uh, that person, Captain Mike Smith, uh, Smith, listen to me. You know, I used to call him Smith all the time on the show. It didn't aggravate Mike, but I did. For some reason, I don't know. I think I did know a Mike Smith, but I really became uh, I really become to know Mike, uh, and uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about Mike during this hour on the show. But first, we want to welcome all the countries around the world. Matter of fact, last week we had a new entry among the countries that uh, we read off just about every week that have tuned in. I uh, won't read them all, but uh, welcome. I can't pronounce this word, Myanmar, Myanmar, but I looked it up. It used to be Burma. I believe that's what it was, Burma, and now Myanmar, I think it is. But they listened, someone there listened into our show last week, and so welcome if you're listening again uh, from uh, from Burma. <laughs> okay, I'll just say Burma, but Myanmar. <laughs> But at any rate, my name is Neil Holland, a retired captain with Eastern Airlines and the producer of the show for the last nearly 12 years. And along with me, I see on my producer's board for today's uh, broadcast, uh, remembering a a great, great friend that has passed on. And uh, I see with me today is uh, the top of the list is Harry Lindquist. Hello, Harry. How are you doing? And, And where are you from, Harry? Hey, Neil, I'm doing great, and I'm in Brunswick, Maryland. I'm about uh, 60 miles from BWI, west of BWI. Okay, very good. Pinpoints the area. All right, and then way up there and uh, above the border, the north border, is uh, area code 519, the beautiful Brenda Chabot. Hello, Brenda. How are you today? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm fine. Uh Great having you with us for the show today. And, yeah, I wouldn't miss it. All right, and then we have uh, over in the, the Atlanta area, Jim Holder. Jim's been with me with the show, I should say, not with me, but with the show for about as long as Mike was with us. But uh, hello, Jim. How are you doing today? Good. Hello to everybody. Very good. And we've Hi, got Jim. a. Okay. Hey, hey, Brenda. I'm about halfway through call- your book. All right, all right. We've got a caller from area code six seven eight. Where, where might that be? Atlanta. Atlanta. Who is this? Al? No. But at any rate, we'll find out a little bit later on. In area code three hundred two, I hope it is. And I think it is, and we talked here just a few days ago, Michael Scott, Jr. Hello, Michael, and welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Neil. How are you today, sir? We're doing fine. Uh, I've got some clips, and I, I hope you'll allow me to play those of your father. And uh, But uh, first of all, I want to talk a little bit about uh, about our broadcast today. And it is, as we've mentioned earlier, it's a broadcast about a great friend to many of us uh, and fellow aviators and mechanics as well, uh, Captain Mike Scott. Uh, Here's one of the hundreds of posts. I'm sorry, say again? Okay. Uh, Here's one of the posts uh, on Facebook that I picked up among hundreds that were posted when I placed it on the Facebook page of uh, the uh, Eastern uh, Facebook. Uh, there are so many uh, pages or postings there, but there were hundreds that uh, expressed uh, their sorrow and sympathy, uh, Michael Jr., uh, about your dad passing. But here's one that uh, it's from uh, Mr. Bob Getz, I believe is the way he pronounces his name, Bob Getz. And Bob says here, if I can get my, I've got two mouses here. Let me get it in the right one. And he says, uh, hi, Neil. I'm, oh, this is not from Bob. This is from Brian Herman Sater, a longtime friend of Mike Scott. And we flew model airplanes well. together as kids. And he says, I've listened, to, 
Yeah, is this uh, is this Brian on the on the six seven eight? Is, okay. This is Mike Jr. Um, on the okay, 302. Mike. Okay, very good. All right, uh, but he goes on to say, I've listened to the radio broadcast and enjoyed the stories. And during our seventy plus years of friendship, there were many many memorable and exciting moments that we had together. Sorry, I can't join the broadcast, but I could con contribute at another time, and I miss him every day. And it's signed uh, by Brian Herman Satter, I believe is the way it pronounces his name, and he was a uh, uh, former TWA. Uh, Brian Herman Satter. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, he he lives out in California. He's a uh, old old friend of uh, the captains, and uh, they they date way back. And for uh, a lot of stories, I visited there when I was a, a young younger myself, and uh, very and very knowledgeable. Well, yeah. Michael, since you've just told us about Brian. Uh, uh, we're very happy that you joined our show today to talk about your dad and and uh, and as we spoke over the phone a couple of days ago, you you told me so many things that I didn't know about Michael and I hope uh, you'll share some of what you told me about your dad, well, Captain Mike, absolutely. on the show today. Absolutely. Okay. Um, we're going to start off with with uh, Michael uh, telling us about. Uh, where where uh, we call you know folks uh, that are children of Eastern employees, Eastern brats. As a matter of fact, on the website there is a oh, website I'm... called Eastern Brats, and your dad was a member of of the Eastern Brats yeah. group. <laughs> Guess I'm one also. <laughs> you are indeed, you are. But when when he told me that he was also an Eastern brat and how to join the he said that his father, of course, Dale Scott, was uh, was with Eastern years and years ago, and and you can tell us a little bit about that as 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 you remember. But I'm going to just turn it over to you and just kind of tell us about your dad as you remember him. Well, there's there's, there's a lot to be remembered, and uh, God rest his soul to begin with. And uh, I, I hope he's 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 taking his journey westward. And uh, I hope hopefully he catches the the Gulf Stream there and, and doesn't have a headwind, has a tailwind to get him to his destination um, yes. safe. And um, my father was a very um, unique type of a man, very very meticulous man with everything uh, that he did. Um, I can go into some of the stories, whereas. Uh, when, when I was young, growing up, uh, my father was always a, a big model builder, and um, we used to uh, we had a shop down in a we had a small house over in East Northport, Long Island, a small house I should say, and uh, we had a basement in there, and he had a workshop down in there, whereas he would. Uh, would build his model airplanes and he had all his uh, tester uh, paints and glues and uh, little vices and things. And, and then he built me a shop just outside of his workshop where I would go out and I would um, put together the models and, and, and everything. We, we would get the same model kits. So as he was building it, I would continue to go into um, his workshop and see how far he had progressed with his, with his model, and to see where I was. And as uh, as I remember, his hands were so steady with uh, with paying to such small details on the models as like the pilot's eyes and their helmets and their gloves on their hands. I, and, and I'm looking at them right now down in my office because I have a lot of them. And he was uh, he was so great at doing that. And uh, he, he taught me an incredible amount of that. And um, 
we used to, uh, he had these what they called U-control planes that we used to fly um, when I was a kid. And we, we lived in a cul-de-sac. So we used to go over and tell the neighbors that you know, we're going to be flying the aircraft in a little while. Is everything okay? And the control line type of an aircraft. And I have, I, I have one of them that that was still in decent shape that I've uh, that I've acquired from from his house since I've been out there on Long Island. And uh, brings back a lot of fond memories for me. But uh, the model building uh, for him was very um, essential for him to um, to relax himself. Mm. He was uh, very much a um, if I had to explain my parents, um, my father was never a disciplinarian. He was always very calm and collected. And my mother was very much the disciplinarian. She was the one that would put a wooden spoon through your backside. And um, if, uh, if if need be, my father would always tell you, uh, basically, I'm not going to tell you what to do because you'll find out what to do because I'm going to tell you what not to do so you don't mess things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would, uh, he would always present it to me that way. So uh, he'd always uh, present any problem that my brother or I would have and say, well, I'm going to let your mother know about this. And we were like, oh, man. Don't 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 tell her that, please. Boring. <laughs> well, it happens again. He goes, your mother's gonna know about it, and uh, <laughs> and he'd always wear him that white uh, that white shirt with the Eastern Airlines uh, logo on it, and his blue pants. And uh, he'd come home from work, whether he was working a uh, overnight shift or mid shift or day shift. He was a a foreman over there, an inspector for them. And uh, I'll never forget those white shirts hanging all over the place inside of our house uh, with the Eastern Airlines. I, I I have a few of those that I took along with me that I put in my closet as memorabilia. And um, I'll never forget the uh, the Eastern Airlines logo, and of course my grandfather Dale. Um, he was a senior captain for um, quite a few years. I forget exactly when he started there. I think it was in the late 30s is when he started there, uh, flying DC3s, and uh, he worked his way up through uh, all the Douglas aircraft and through the. Relations and and, wow. and the, you know the list goes on and on. I have his his certificate uh, someplace in here. I have his original logbook hmm. that uh, that he had, and uh, my father's logbook also, with uh, which is signed off by a man named Dan Boyajian, and um, that was one of his good friends that I've been speaking with quite recently, and. Um, so I was very fortunate to have uh, come across those, and uh, and Dad was a very uh, very proud man. He was uh, took everything uh, very seriously, but sometimes quite lightly, you know, <laughs> with a with a, with kind of a sarcastic sense of humor, you know. He'd always, uh, you know, he'd always tell me, he goes, if you think you're having a bad day, he goes, you know what? He goes, take a light bulb out of the socket. He goes, lick your finger and stick your finger inside the socket of the lamp. Goes, Everything that is better today now, isn't it? <laughs> that sounds was, like Mike. Yeah. I was stupid enough one day to do that, actually, <laughs> just to tell him. <laughs> I said, you know what? That hurt, Dad. <laughs> and uh, that wouldn't be unlike him to say something like that. He goes, so don't cry to me about a bad day. He goes, because after that, you're going to have a good day. <laughs> so, uh, uh. That was, uh, and just uh, some things that he would come across. He had a, he, he had a really... Uh, a really good sense of humor with a light bit of sarcasm in it, you know, yeah. and, uh, 
and that's the way I'll always remember him. And uh, he takes his journey now, and uh, and we'll all we'll all be with him someday, you know. Yeah. But he's there a yeah. little bit earlier now. Yeah. But um, Michael, lots of stories about a, uh, after the. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got a question about uh, you, uh, you and the family, with the past privileges that Eastern employees have. Did you ever travel with your dad? Did he ever take you anywhere on flights or C3 passes that uh, we had? Oh, we used to, we, we used to go to Disney all the time. We did uh, that. We did that once a year, at least once a year. He would. Uh, he would uh, get us flown there, it, and back then it was easy to get up into the cockpit of the plane. That was a uh, long, long time ago. You know, so yes, I, I, I to answer your question, yes, I, I would, uh, I, I would get up into the, uh, into the cockpit, and um, I actually flew with my grandfather on one of his flights. Uh, mm. he, he had a went to Bermuda and back um, from JFK constantly. And he used to do that sometimes uh, three times a day, and he would do it for uh, a week or so at a time, and then he would have a whole lot of time off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I used to go out, and I used to uh, we used to we had this little golfing machine. Uh, they had a house in Cold Spring Harbor, Long Island, and um, and my my grandfather used to love to uh, it's and we had a very long hallway, as I recall, in there. And um, and it had a little return system on it. It had this little electronic uh, uh, deal going on there. Whereas if, if you got the ball into the um, into the hole, you know, it, it would spit it back to you, you know, and it would come, it would kind of chuck the ball straight back out at you. So I always remember doing that. My father would get up there and. Uh, and my father was—he was lousy at doing it, you know. And, and he goes—he he was let let my try. He goes—he seems to be pretty good with that putter that you got, you know. I was with my grandfather and my father, and I would always get that sucker in there, you know. Was, uh, and I would just laugh at my father. And I would say, "You need some practice." <laughs> <laughs> because uh, he was telling me I need practice now, huh? Uh, yeah, I said I think he needs more practice, there, Pop. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm beating you. I'm beating you up pretty good here. <laughs> I said I'm getting them all, and we used to do that. And, uh, and so there was a lot of fond memories of my father and uh, and my grandfather and myself. Uh, my grandfather was uh, also a, a, a model builder. Um, he was very, very good at it. I think he was probably better than it than my father was, in my opinion. I just uh, haven't found his models are so old right now that uh, I, I couldn't find any of his originals. I had pictures of them, but I found all the originals that my father had built, and um, and I, I I managed to uh, acquire those. And, um, and I'm I'm going to make a big. Uh, yeah, all like a, a curio cabinet with uh, lighting in it, and I'm going to put them all up on display. And I could, uh, oh, once I get that, I'll, I'll send you a picture of that, Neil. Wonderful. And, um, yeah. and you'd uh, you'd probably get a kick out of that. There's there's all sorts of uh, air, aircraft uh, memorabilia that I've uh, acquired as a state and what. But uh, I think you'd be very happy that I'm on the uh, show with you here. And, um, well, I am. I am, uh, Michael. Uh, you know, let me tell you real quickly, uh, while you're talking about the collection, every time we would have a show and whatever we were talking about, uh, if it was an aircraft or an engine or whatever, it seemed that uh, Michael, um, your dad had a, a collection of an item or a, a timetable or an article or whatever. He was quite a collector. Can you tell us about some of that, uh, the collections and all that Mike oh, he, had? He, he acquired um, – my father was, um, I don't know if you would say, eccentric with things because he would never buy one of anything. 
If, if there was only one available, he would buy one. But if there were three available, he would buy three of them just to make sure that, that there was enough to to be given to um, my brother and I. Uh-huh. So he would always buy three of everything because uh, we were both very close to him. So when we went through his uh, his items at his house, which were numerous, um, my brother and I, uh, we spent a few days um, over at his house before we even decided to even touch anything. And we just kind of, um, you know, were kind of grieving about it. So we just sat down and uh, and we and, and we looked around and everything, and the memories that were brought back from this item or that item, you know, and uh, him speaking to me over the phone about you know acquiring this particular aircraft uh, model or having um, a model built of one of the aircraft that he'd flown over the years. So we spent the first two days over at his house, uh, basically not even touching anything, but just looking around at everything. Because his house is basically like a museum, oh. is what it was. So it was very hard for me and my brother to start to disturb anything in there before we had taken everything in and and we had uh, taken numerous pictures of it all just in, in, in the places that he had uh, particularly put certain items and uh, he was very, very meticulous at, about how he would uh, position a small model airplane or, 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 or a, you know, any item that he had um, had to be in a certain direction, which was uh, I felt was, was kind of odd. But <clears throat> given the fact that that's the way the man is, he was um, a little bit quirky like that. And if I would go over there when I was a younger kid and I would pick up a model, um, say off one of his uh, chests or his dresser or something, and I, and I were to put it down and it wasn't in the position it was supposed to be in, he would just walk behind me and I could see him taking it and recorrecting the position on it. And I <laughs> thought that to be kind of funny, you know, and I was like, all right. I was like, you know what, from now on, Dad, I'm not going to touch anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> all you you're going to recorrect me constantly like you've done since I was a young boy, you know? So I'll say, I'm just going to leave them alone. And now, now I have them all sitting down in my, uh, on my pool table down here in my office and they're all pointing West. I, I took my magnetic compass and I, I, and I positioned them all in, in mm-hmm. westward um, position. Mm-hmm. Everyone had, and uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that, that's where the old timers is heading now. So, well, Michael, I asked him, go ahead, go ahead, Michael. I I, I asked him uh, on his dying bed, and uh, he's very. And I, I I rubbed his head and uh, and I whispered in his ear, and I just asked him. I said, Dad, is there any anything? That I can write, and he just looked up at me with his, with some glass in his eyes. You know, he was glazed over his eyes. He was very, very ill. And he said, "Michael, just do the right thing." Hmm. He goes, "No matter what, <laughs> do the right." Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. his uh, his last words to me. I walked out of the room. I started to well up. My brother came out, and I said, "I can't come back." And he wow. died the next day. Oh, I said, I can't, uh, I said I can't do this again. Mm. I'm getting well yeah. about it. But oh. um, there are there are plenty and plenty of stories I could I could relay. But uh, I'm I'm still going through you know a grieving period with him right now. And uh, yes, well, we're well, Michael. Have, uh, Anyone that lives out in the Long Island area or anywhere uh, close by is what we're going to do on June 4th. Um, he was a, a member of the Bayport Aerodrome, and he had a uh, Waco uh, UBF2, um, which was uh, which we sold to one of the members down there, one of the old uh, charter members down there 
at that airfield, and we're going to do a uh, missing man formation. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. We're going to have uh-huh. a big uh, get together underneath tents with uh, food catered, mm. and um, and we're going to be playing 40s and 50s music and whatnot, and then we're going to have a open mic um, time time point, and we could uh, anyone that has any kind of story, you know, be it uh, as crazy as you can come up with, uh, bring it on, you know, if anyone out there is inclined to uh, to do so, that'll be on, on June 4th of this year, and that would be his birthday. Um, I want to talk to you more about that, Michael, uh, in the in the days uh, coming. I'd like to see how we can participate in any way, and uh, so I'll give you a call, and uh, and we'll talk about it. I want to see if you don't mind. I'd like to see what some of the colleagues of your dad on the radio show, because he was with us uh, so long on the show, uh, about right. uh, their thoughts about uh, the, some of the fun things that uh, Michael shared with us. Uh, Mike, and uh, uh, I don't know who wants to be first. I've got Jim Holder there, and uh, yeah, I always enjoyed listening to Mike and Jim uh, share mixed stories. <laughs> Tell us about that, would you please, Jim Holder? Yeah, I don't know how that came about, but uh, <laughs> uh, I guess I talked about coming back from deer camp one night. And I had a couple of papers marked before the show started, and then I guess it became obvious that I had maybe three too many. <laughs> and, Mike, and Mike started, uh, we started talking about papers marked. And I swear, I bet, I bet there are people out there that think that he and I used to meet all the time and get drunk because we were talking about papers marked. Yeah. And we planned to. We really did. I was. He was going to come down to one of our meetings or something, and I was going to buy him a bottle, and he was going to buy me a bottle. And I, it sounds like I'm a blooming alcoholic, but I'm not. But it, we sure talked up a storm about Maker's Mark. I tell you, I remember the, when I first uh, heard about your day. Oh, go ahead. There's no, uh, there's no amount of booze that's too much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, I think that well, we did, we clicked some few glasses, you know, on the radio, Joe. And the name will say, somebody's shaking your ice again. Quit shaking your ice, you know. <laughs> and it's probably me and Mike. But uh, I probably, was uh, yeah. the editor of the, editor of the magazine, you know, and he repartee. And I didn't know your dad. I mean, I didn't know your granddad. Well, I didn't know your dad either until the radio show. But uh, I had put out the summer magazine, and it came out. I think it was the summer one. And I only did – I did two a year back then, summer and winter. And uh, and his mother had died, Dale's widow. And uh, I didn't know yeah. them either. But, uh, and, uh, but she died after the magazine, magazine went to press. And I put the word out on my EL Info uh, radio, I mean, uh, EL Info email list. And uh, I guess he had been, you know, he got the magazine and his mother wasn't in there. And he called me up and he was very nice about it. I just remember it sort of had a gruff, gravelly, gravelly voice, boss, uh, boss, you know. <laughs> and he identified himself as uh, Mike Scott, the son of uh, Mrs., I think Virginia, was that her name? Uh Scott, yes. your grandmother. Her name is. Yeah, yes. Her name, right. Her name is. Bridget. She uh, and he said, "Well, my mother died, and she's not in here." And I get the magazine, and I don't know understand why. And I'd explained to him that she died after it had gone to press, but you know what? I couldn't change it, and that I would make that gum sure. You know, six months later, when the winter magazine came out, I think it was summer than winter, that she was absolutely positively being that one. And he thanked me. He was very nice and courteous. I mean, he wasn't being demanding or anything. He just wanted to know why she wasn't in there. And I explained to him that it had gone to press. And that's how I met your dad. And and we talked quite a few times. And uh, and I swear I wished, uh, I wished I'd have known him in person. And you know, you know, you can, you know, he just sounded like a guy that would really be, if he didn't come down to the Eastern Pilots Hunt Club, you know, and sit around and drink Maker's Mark again. And, but it never worked out. It never yeah, worked yeah. out. Mark, I tell you that, that was, uh, I wouldn't go over there without a bottle of that in my hand. Yeah. 
I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm you sure there's people it. on the radio show that think that uh-huh. he and I kept the two in the bars every <laughs> week or so. <laughs> Along with me. <laughs> Along with you, yeah. 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 <laughs> and so, uh, and Her- Harry, you came you came on the show a little bit after Mike uh, came on the show as a host. Harry, what were some of the things that you remembered about Mike? Well, a couple of things. And as you say, I I never met Captain Mike in person, but I did talk to him. We emailed a little bit back and forth. But two things I I remember, uh, uh, Mike Jr. here describing his house as a museum. That's the (laughs) way I envisioned his house from the conversations he he would uh, talk about on the radio show. I'm and I think I made a comment to Neil that, that man, I would love to go see his house because it has to be a museum. Yeah. And uh, then the other thing I remember about Captain Mike is is many times, especially uh, Neil and Jim would be in a discussion about a particular aircraft and the specifications and especially the engines, and, and one of them would say, well, didn't that, that have a, I'll make some number, a, a JT-151, dash three uh engine on it and mike would say no that was a jt 151 dash two engine it's <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. he had everything right in front of him but he he must yeah. have had dang near a photographic photographic memory for yeah. oh. uh, aircraft and parts and specifications so yeah that's really what i remember about your dad mike right that's great because i used to uh lean on him quite a bit when uh when I first broke into this business, uh, I, I've been for 37 years now, uh, maintenance and training. Uh, so whenever um, I would have a question about something, I would always just uh, just lean on him and I would give him a call and say, listen, I had a little discussion with something, uh, with someone down at work today, and I'm a little unclear on this. Can you uh, give me some clarification on it? Did anything, you know, on any left, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. uh, and he'd square me right up on that. And, and he'd say, well, Mike, were you a it. mechanic, an aviation mechanic? Yes, yes. I've, oh, I've, I've been in the, the 30, 37 years now. Oh, great. Yeah. You work for an airline? I worked, I, I, I never worked for the airlines. Um, I worked for Garrett Aviation up in Long Island, New York. For yeah, about thirteen years with them, and then I I I came from there, and I worked for uh, Garrity. I, I mean uh, for Dassault Falcon Jet for seventeen years. I was with them, and then I for a company called Dallas Aeromotive, uh, doing engine uh, service work, mm-hmm. and I did that with them for about four to uh, to instruct. I became a uh, AMP instructor at uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Institute of Maintenance up here in Pennsylvania, uh, and I did that for about four years and, um, with flight safety. Right now, as a as a uh, a flight instructor, you would call slash technician. Technician. Um, we have fourteen simulators. Uh, that we have here in the uh, greater Wilmington area for Flight Safety International, and that's where I'm currently oh. at right now. Very good, very good. And, you know, talking about memories of those items, your dad really could uh, could answer just about any question on songs that we played. Uh, at one point in the history of the, the radio show, we decided uh, that we would play Ender uh inner space between conversations and when the conversation um uh, got a little bit uh, uh quiet or silent uh, i'd flip on a record and boy your dad would come right up with the day uh, that yeah, it was. was written by whom yeah. it was written by and and who sang the song and so forth uh he was right there he with knew that stuff about that i'll tell you he did yeah he did he did <laughs> yeah and he yeah. had some he had some kind of a memory with that, and that's uh, and that's the reason when we do the celebration of life for him, we're gonna we're gonna play a lot of those. Uh, good, uh, good. There's a lot of music. 
while I was visiting with him. And uh, and he could tell you all, but that was the Shondells from uh, 1961. You know, and mm-hmm. he'll tell you the and uh, yeah. he he would just come he would just come right up with it. It just didn't uh, run his tongue. How old was he, Mike? I, he's in his sixties. When he when he passed? Yeah, when he passed, was he in his sixties? He was probably in his seventies. Yeah. He was about eighty. He was eighty. Yeah. He'll be. On June 4th, when we do a celebration of life, he would have been 81. That's what we're going to yeah. do at this, uh, oh, yeah. this coming. Oh, yeah. And he would have been well, 81. I know the, the last time he was on the radio show, it may have not been the last time, but it's the last time I remember, uh, he had just gotten about a 15-minute ride when they flew the first 727, I think, which ended up at United. And he went from one airport to another airport up there in Seattle, as I recall. Matter of fact, I yeah, had a big probably, ceremony about probably, it, and, that, yeah, and they invited him to come along and fly co-pilot. And he yeah, was so yeah. proud of that. Yeah, yeah. And I have all the documentation of that and all the pictures of that. I have all that in my archives. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was uh, two zero zero one. Um, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of the for on it. Yeah. We did a show about that. We did a show about that, Michael. And I'm not so certain that might be the clip that I took off. If you don't mind, I'd like to play it. It's about two minutes long, and it's about your, it's of your dad talking about. I thought that I, it was about that 727 flight. It may not have been, but let's listen to your father. Sure. Mike, did uh, you hear your father talk about great leadership back when he was uh, working for Eastern? And what's your opinion? Well, he oh. he only had good things to say about Eddie Rickenbacker because yeah, <laughs> because because he was the one that hired him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> he used to see him a lot. And when I was a kid, I think I might have mentioned it on some other uh, shows that when I was a little shaver, he used to bring me along to go down and uh, get his paycheck and. Uh, you know, stop in the stock room and get batteries for his flashlights and all that. And, and he'd always go up and check to see what was going on up at the at the Link Trainer where he was run. He ran the Link for a little while, and Rickenbacker's office was just down the hall. And uh, like I said, my dad was a tall guy, and so was uh, Rickenbacker. And I was probably five or six years old, and all I remember was looking up <laughs> at these two big tall guys, you know. But, yeah, mm-hmm. my Eastern days, you know, of course, uh, I didn't start with Eastern until in uh, late, uh, late 67. And uh, uh, basically along came the Moon Man in 72, I believe it was. And uh, <laughs> and I I left Eastern Airlines in 78, the end of 78, before all the quagmires started. So uh, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to what was going on with all uh, the leaders. Yeah. Everything was going pretty well. Uh, up until that point, and I, you know, all I know is that afterwards everything kind of went south, and because uh, I would always stop, being as I was based with my uh, my second operation that I flew with over in Newark, so when I stopped on the way back, I, I would stop in to see the guys uh, at Hangar Nine there at Kennedy, and I could see the morale uh, from the leadership just uh, on a on a on a increasing decline. All the time, it just got worse and worse and worse until we all know what the final outcome was. I couldn't even get in to visit it for a while, so. But it wasn't good, so. But anyway. Well, my three, two, and one. That was one, but here's just a little a sample of his humor. Uh, what's happened to you since then? Uh, everything's gone downhill, or I don't know whether it's downhill or slippery slope or what. <laughs> when you start at the top of the hill, there's only one place to go, right? Yeah, I got to the top of the hill, and you know, I looked out, and Mike, you know what I saw? What'd you say? The other side of the hill. The other side, right, exactly. <laughs> Just remember, where, wherever you go, you'll always be there. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, too. Oh, oh, man. How do you start a Tesla from inside the house? 
that test, how do you start a Tesla inside the house? I don't want to win a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> you plug it in, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You just uh, tell it, turn on. Yeah, do you, do you flip a switch on a Tesla? How do you start a Tesla? I have no idea. It was yeah. ele- of course it's all electric. So <laughs> it has a light switch inside. You just flip the switch. Uh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> might have seen that that video that was going around with the gal in the gas station. She was trying to put gas in the Tesla. Were <laughs> 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 The guys were laughing like crazy in the car behind. They were video. They were taping it or, or videoing it. You know. <laughs> you couldn't find she was pulling all the knobs and everything. You couldn't figure out where the gift cap was. I remember, oh, I remember in Miami when I was at the Marine Corps. Uh, well, that, was, that was a little sample of, of your father. There was just so many of them yeah. in our archives. That's priceless. Uh, that's the way he would look at things, you know. He was, he was simple and easy with everything, you know, where's Where's the damn gas cap thing, you know? How am I supposed to get this down the right track but I can't put any fuel in it? And incidentally, it's kind of funny because the the guy that, uh, that, that's going to be buying his his, his Waco um, from us um, has a beautiful hangar over there at Bayport Airport, and, and he has a brand-new Tesla. So my brother and I, we're over there um, for an afternoon, and um, and he says, "Listen, there's a nice diner down the street. Do you guys want to take a ride down? You know." And I said, "Sure, yeah." I said, "You want me to drive? Because I, I I have a Mustang." And uh, he goes, "No, he goes, let's take a ride in my Tesla." I was like, "That's pretty neat, man." I said, "I never got in a Tesla, you know." And I want to tell you, I thought my Mustang was fast. We got in this thing. And we were at the diner about 24 seconds. <laughs> about 60 miles an hour going down Esconset Highway, and I was like 10 to the street. And uh, holy mackerel. So, uh, so yeah, if the old man knew that I had been in a Tesla, uh, he'd, uh, he'd, he'd get a kick out of that one. And the guy that's buying this plane's got one, so he's going to have the – he's going to have – He's gonna have three planes in his hangar and a Tesla that sits inside the hangar. It's a wow. hangar with it. You better so, get some insurance yeah. on that hangar. That's for sure. Oh, uh, you know, it's all owned uh, by uh, it's all owned by this uh, by this guy that's uh, very he's, he's very well to do and he took a real fancy to that uh, to that uh, old old Waco that my father Waco. put. I never before, but we're gonna fly that one from June fourth. That one's that one's going to be in the uh, that one's going to be the missing man formation. We're going to take that one and peel off on it, and we're going to spread his ashes down and whatnot. And um, that's going to be uh, that's going to be one hell of a ride. I can tell you that. Yeah. I'm going to ask Michael. I'm going to ask uh, uh, up in Toronto. I think uh, Brenda, you got to know Michael like most of us uh, on the on the radio show. Uh, Brenda? I did. I did. Yeah, and what I was really impressed with is um, he joined Silverliners, which was so sweet of him. Yeah. Yeah, and then when I was um, in the process of getting wings, really a half wing, made for Silverliners International, um, he ordered a set of those. And it's funny because uh, just now, just last week, I got the prototype in the mail, and they're actually quite beautiful. But, yeah, I thought, you know, he was just a, a nice man and uh, a good man. And I think yeah. nothing better can be said about a man. And yeah. so um, my sympathy to you, to the family. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I got to know him. Not know him well, but I'm glad I got to interact. Yeah. Yes. If my father bought a set of wings, he would uh, he would always buy probably two sets of wings. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with books, Michael. Same way with know. books. I don't yeah. know if I'm certainly flushed it down the toilet, but I have another set. <laughs> <laughs> I I see George Jan. I think George Jan is up in New York, where not too far from your. Uh, 
from where your dad lived. Uh, George, is that your area code? Are you with us? No, maybe not. Area code 516. Uh, that's an old New York area code. That's upstate New York. Oh, is that upstate? Well, that's yeah, that's New York, yeah. 516. 516 is Long Island. Long Island. Who's who's calling from Long Island? This this is uh, Ralph Pascali. I was a great friend of Mike Scott. I ah, Ralphie. What's up, Ralphie, baby? Good, good. <laughs> yeah, Mike. I'm over. I'm over in London, listening in. I'm on a trip. I know. I got your text, man. Great to have yeah, you on. Yeah. Wow. How you doing? All right. Good, good. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I, I uh, logged in so this way I can listen to the uh, to the conversation. So, anyway, for the people that uh, listening in, uh, 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 Captain uh, Kim Powell, which is probably listening in, he's over in Montana, and myself, uh, we were the two other crew members that flew the 727 there at, at the Boeing Museum. Uh, oh. uh, captain uh, Kim Powell was the captain, and I was the flight engineer on yeah. it. Yeah. Ralph, could tell Ralph, tell the story. Uh, basically, you know, on that day, uh, you know, Mike always had a you know great sense of humor. So on that day, he says, you know, he used to call me Mike, uh, Ralph Baby, you know. They say, well, Ralph Baby, you know, it is, you know, we're gonna make history no matter what today, you know, no matter how it goes. So I said, okay, <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of funny, you know. And uh, they, they told us, well, if you guys are gonna crash, make sure you don't crash on the field. We'll crash close to the field so we can put the fire out. If you're gonna crash, then crash in the water. Like, oh, okay, you know. So that that made us made us feel real good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Mike, you know, over the years, Mike, uh, I think was very proud of being, you know, part of the Eastern family. I think he would probably mention Eastern to everybody, and everybody who met, you know, he would mention that he was an Eastern mechanic, and his father worked for Eastern, and so on and so forth. He was very proud of of the Eastern deal and you know his dad and and you know his kids and you know his wife and everybody you know he was just a great man you know i worked for mike i mean i met mike in 1984 and from 1984 uh i must have worked with him for uh, close to 30 years you know until mm-hmm. almost so like, until present yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know mike was the uh the director of operation when he left here at, at vallejo and he kind of handed over the keys to me so all right ralph baby you're in charge I said, okay mike i'll take over <laughs> uh, ralph great to hear from you man great to hear from yeah, you yeah. brother yeah he was he was a great guy and uh he, he did so much for my, my career you know from from the time that he saw me being a mechanic on uh, up in White Plains, uh, you know, pushing the company to, to send me to flight engineer school. So Mike and I attended uh, uh, training there at Cabranes at that time, back in 86, and then, you know, pushed me to uh, to get my pilot's license instead of off my pilot's license. So, you know, I, I owe a lot to Mike, you know. So uh, I was, you know, Ralph, with, uh, yeah, he, with Mike he, and nothing but good things to say about you, Ralph. I'll tell you that right now. Nothing but good well, things to say. He, he was he was a great man. That's all I can say. You know, he was he was family. As a matter of fact, you know, Mike, uh, he was over our house uh, for his 80th birthday. You know, right. and mm-hmm. uh, you know, whenever we had, whenever we would have something, you know, Mike was there. Yeah, I I pictured so, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you're gonna, you're gonna, Ralph, you're gonna be there on June 4th. Will you be back from your trip? You'll, you'll yeah, you have I, to take. I, I sure hope so. You know, I'll, I'll definitely make an effort for it. So you can count, yeah. count me on, Mike. You know, I'll be there. Well, you're coming in loud and clear, Ralph, yeah. from London, England, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the phone, and I was listening on uh, on the iPad here, uh, but yeah, so I guess it's a slight delay, not much. So yeah, uh, yeah. very you know, good. But, yeah. uh, and we have you know, a you, we great have great a caller from. From area code 406, I don't know, this might be, let's see if I can connect area code 406 with our live talk. Uh, area code 406, where, who might this be? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. And, yeah, this is, uh, and, Tim, this is Tim Powell speaking. Uh, I want to say hi to, uh, hi to Ralph on there, yeah. Yeah, 
Mike and I uh, flew that 727. Here. Ralph was telling us about it. Could you uh, tell us a little bit more, uh, Tim, about that? You were the captain on the flight. Yes, I was. I was. Uh, I was flying with uh, with Ralph and, uh, and Mike on, on the 727 uh, for a year or so, and had an opportunity to deliver that uh, 727 back to uh, the Museum of Flight in Seattle. And I was proud to have uh, Mike in the right seat. We uh, we really enjoyed it. It was a historic day, and uh, it was wonderful to have both of those guys along with me. Oh, you were blessed that day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was, I'm it was sitting a at my desk here, and I, I've got two models of uh, that airplane, one in the United colors and one in the Boeing colors that Mike sent me about uh, three weeks ago. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. That's something right there. Wow. There is that. Well, it was always That's a pleasure to fly with Mike. He was he was such an enthusiastic there. guy and a great pilot. Mm-hmm. So once in a lifetime gig, that one. That's uh boy, I wish I was along for that ride. It sure, it sure was. For for Tim was a, also a special day since that's the day that he got the uh the fifty year award from the FAA. Oh, I have that hanging. Wonderful, Ralph. I have that hanging right, right in my in, in my dining room right now as we speak. Right, right. Yeah, your dad, your dad got both the uh, the pilot and the uh, mechanic award. Oh. Yes, I have, I have yeah. them hanging. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Well, it was absolutely an honor and a pleasure to to do it with Mike. I'm so glad I was able to do it with uh, those two guys. Yes, you were. Uh, you were definitely. Uh, on board with the right crew members. That's no doubt about that. Yeah, I was, Mike, I was, I was also, also Mike also gave us a video. A, Mike gave us a, 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 I think it was a YouTube that you could see that uh, video of that flight that you guys made. And uh, I think we posted it on the uh, radio I, show. I, I, and I think my father got on the radio at one point, and he says, uh, I forget the, the tail number. The plane was Uniform uh, 001. Uh, Ralph, you would know. Yeah, it was the uh, 7001 Uniform. And uh, oh. on, every, on every conversation with the, uh, with the controllers or the tower, he would say, you know, this is Boeing uh, 7001 uniform for the last time, you know. So he would finish you know, every, every yeah. conversation for the last time. <laughs> and that was it. And, that, he said, and, and, the, and the funny thing about it, we are on final approach. Right, for the and last time, you know. Very clear when he said final approach. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, 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 funny thing, the funny thing was when we landed uh, – they had to, they spray the water over the airplane, you know. And Tim could not yep. see, he could not see anything because the white, windshield wipers were not working on the airplane. He goes, "Oh, geez, now I can't see anything." <laughs> oh, that was so <laughs> we had to sit there for oh, a the minute or two and let the windows clear. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, Ralph, I'm for five minutes. Great to hear from you, Ralph. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, same well, here, Mike. Same here. We're we're getting close to our time, and I wanted to play this song. And uh, you know, uh, there are a group of aviators at their get-togethers uh, that uh, a lot of us are members of that group. And we start with a silent toast to uh, deceased members. Uh, glasses raised to the west, in keeping with an old pilot's expression. Uh, of referring to death as having gone west. And so I ask all of our listeners and those on the broadcast today to lift that glass in a silent toast to a great person, a friend, and an aviator, Captain Mike Scott. So if you don't mind, just a few seconds of silence, and then I have a song to play.
And uh, and the men very very special to me. You're welcome. Glad to be with you. This will live in my heart. Well, we hope that you can come back to our to our show. Uh, We have it archived and listen to it anytime. You guys were great, Uh, Tim, uh, Ralph, uh, and our hosts that were with Mike over the years. And Jim Holder, Harry Lindquist, and uh, Brenda, thank you so much for being with us today on this special day. Uh, that, thank, uh, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. It meant a lot to all of us. Couldn't miss it. And now we're going to play another song that probably is worthy of also, uh, I think uh, Mike told me that he like the sign-off song that we always use. So I'm going to slip over to Merle Haggard and say now goodbye to everybody. So Merle, sing your song.
show tonight or today and uh hope you'll come back and revisit us thank you neil. thank you neil great show and, uh, neil. i will you, return thank you ralph you have a great trip have a safe safe flight all right i think he dropped off he made have dropped off he's over yeah. in england right and yeah. i'll be talking with you again soon michael Certainly, sir. I'm always available. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.